Hello, everyone, and welcome to the BizDev Podcast, the podcast about developing your business. I'm your host, David Baxter, and I am joined today, as usual, by my co-host, Gary, the professional yodeler, Voigt. You weren't supposed to tell everybody that, but hey, how's it going? (laughs) And we're here to discuss topics ranging from tech news, software development, small businesses, startups, leadership, and strategies for growth. It sounds like a lot, but they are all related. We'll also try to keep you mildly entertained as we go. No promises. All right. Speaking of entertained, look at this segue. Did you see the images from the James Webb? I'm still looking at them. And when I say still looking at them, it's just that one. Like, I can't stop going from corner to corner to corner trying to figure out every little light blip, whether it's a galaxy, a solar system, a star, whatever. It's insane. I saw they came out with all of them today. I've seen some of them. I haven't seen them all. I've only seen the one and, yeah, that they're they just... pushed, like the, the big, you know, the big reveal mm-hmm. one. Yeah, no, they, they get cooler. They, they actually get cooler. Because they're zoomed in a little bit, if that's the right word. I don't know. The thing I don't like about it, I'm just going to say, because this is ignorance talking. I will readily say that. I know that those colors are fake. Because that photo that everyone's looking at was taken only in infrared. Meaning there was no color at all. So, the color was completely added for our benefit. Which, is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But I'm just like... That's not what space really looks like, right? It's not going to be this gorgeous, colorful thing. Or am I just stupid? I mean, that's entirely possible. But that's what it, all these space photos always bother me because it it paints this well, gorgeous picture, which isn't real. Discounting the the photos are taken in infrared, but there's information there and math that shows every kind of form of light on that spectrum is related to a color that we can or cannot see in our visual spectrum. So you're saying to me that if I somehow could see one of those amazing things with my naked eye, which I know is impossible, but that it would be that orange color potentially. As far as we can tell from the way human eyes see color, this is as close as it would actually, this be is accurate based on, I mean, it's amazing. It's just I'm like not your taking color produ- anything your, away from it. Your computer produces color based on light, right? Your monitor sure. only outputs red, green, blue, and white light. So that combination mm of those is what you know gives you the colors now when they're looking through this infrared where they're taking the pictures and they haven't like the readings and the numbers from the actual spectrum of light i think they're able to assemble the colors from that okay i mean i I just i've always i've never and that's the best explanation honestly that i've heard because no one everybody else is like i don't know i like the idea that it's seeing 13 billion years of light (laughs) yeah i mean it's crazy it's so cool i'm not I don't want to take anything away from it because I know, and especially when you look at some of the other ones, there's another one of the pictures that shows a black hole, but it doesn't. It shows the light around it. It's so stupidly bright because it's sucking in all that light. They say it's 40, oh, I don't know. I just had it up, actually. Um, It was, what is it, Um, 40 billion times brighter than our sun. I mean, crazy. The numbers don't make any sense. That's insane. It's just this whole thing is just so wild to me. I'm a huge space nut. Um, it always makes me sad because every time I see something like this, it is further proof that Star Trek can never happen. Yeah. <laughs> I thought you were going to say it makes you feel insignificant, like we just exist on a speck of dust going through an endless, but you're oh, like, no, makes me, makes me mad at Star Trek. <laughs> I want to be, well, he's, 
Our laws of physics prevent Star Trek from happening unless you can figure out wormholes, which is a whole different thing. And I don't know anything what I'm talking about. But like these galaxies that they're showing are so far away that even if Star Trek did exist, you'd still never make it. Like ever. <laughs> in, a, in a million years. At even light if, speed, even you're if not those even it. still exist. That's the other thing. Sure. Yeah, yeah they, it might be gone. Even, well, what the universe, the universe is endlessly expanding infinitely. Uh, upon itself. There so was a quote never idea. that I, I want to read um, that they said when they announced the first one. Um, what was it? It was uh, if you held a grain of sand, I'm not, this isn't the exact quote, but it's pretty close. If you held a grain of sand at arm's length, that is how much of the universe you are currently seeing. Wow. That's, That's a, how small this amazing picture really is of the universe. It's just so cool. It's just so cool. If you haven't seen it, seriously, you owe it to yourself. I mean, these things make the Hubble look like a kindergarten sketch. Uh, there was another article. We should probably post this up. Um, there was another article on The Verge that showed the same picture taken years ago from another telescope. Oh, okay. Like the same and it shows area you the of difference. space. Yeah, same little speck of space. It showed what the other one, and it was still a really neat picture, right? It was really cool, and the little blobs were there. But now what's amazing is you can actually see detail in those blobs. Like, yeah. it's crazy. It's crazy. Love it, love it, love it. Yeah, we'll Absolutely worth your time. All right, I wanted to talk about organization a little bit because it's something that I kind of thought I had under control, but then it kind of gets out of my hands quite a bit and it's just from normal day-to-day stuff so i was going to ask you like i'm somewhat organized and i keep a little field notes booklet by my you know side i'll write down tasks for the days or or reminders but um, you know when we have like big projects or tasks we'll put it up in the app we use is ClickUp to kind of manage that stuff Mm -hmm. Um, and then we put other smaller tasks within that but so i kind of keep my projects and my task lists and my reminders somewhat together and uh I tend to find the little things throughout the day, like questions coming in or small little favors or requests or, you know, someone's like, just real quick, can you get me this? Or, hey, can you just send me this real quick? Those seem to kind of build up and kind of steer you away or steer me away from the tasks that I've written down. Or it seems like it's just taking too much time in between and I can't really laser focus on on seeing what the, the big picture stuff that I need to get done and out of the way, you know. I don't know how to clear that other stuff off my plate and just get to the big items. And I know you've, we've talked about this before and you have a lot of good methods to kind of handle this. And I thought, well, I'm sure those methods you probably built up over time out of necessity because, you know, when you go from being a freelancer to then starting a small little agency and then building it up to what you have, you have to be able to focus on the big picture stuff. So I think, my superpower, as it were, is I can jump between tasks with very little ramp up, which is relatively unusual, especially for a developer. Most developers need like 20, 30 minutes to get in the zone. I've never needed that. Um, and that's, I think running a business, I think any business leader owner will appreciate the fact that that's a huge deal to be able to bounce between them. Because as a business owner, 
I'm doing different things every 20 minutes. It's crazy. Yeah, you're wearing all the hats. So you wear, especially when you're tiny. You are you're the you're the only hat in the house, right? So you get to wear all of them. And you know, a client calls, and you've got to shift immediately to their world. And then right. you get off the phone and then a developer needs help and you've got to shift into their world. And then you need to design, not help because you're better than me, but you, uh, you want me to give feedback. And so I got to shift into that world and you've got to be able to do that. But when it comes to organization, I, I don't know if I'm any better at it than anyone else. What I find is my brain can hold a certain number of tasks and keep them in order. Once that number of tasks has exceeded that number, I now have to bring in extra goodies and I have changed what those goodies are. I used to use Microsoft to do, which used to have another name. They bought it. I can't remember. It had a really cool, um, cool name that they bought it and they turned it into Microsoft to do because they don't know how to name things. Um, that works okay. I have now, we talked about in the past, my Japanese calligraphy notebook. My yeah, favorite. I've used apps in the past thing. too, like things and Asana and stuff like that just for daily stuff. But I do find that writing down the stuff actually helps it connect to my brain a little bit better. So I, they're a little quicker with the recall of what is on that list without having to look it up. Well, and I think some of this is I'm getting old, but there is something very, as a tech nerd, I have gotten excited by the fact of using a lo-fi tool such as a pen and paper. Analog, I mean, yeah. it is, there's something very nice about that, that, that you can't, even if you... I mean, I guess if you had a Wacom tablet or whatever, is that how you say that? I've always wondered that. Do I say that wrong? Is it Wacom? Wacom? I believe technically it's pronounced Wacom, but okay. everybody says Wacom or Wacom, but I think it is Wacom. Doesn't anyway, matter. I, I know you've been using as, them for like 20 years. so um, Yeah, but, but it's still not nearly as, as uh, satisfying as using like a pen to paper. Well, and I have, I joke that I have an iPad Pro, which is basically a thousand dollar piece of paper because the only thing I use it for is to take notes oh, or yeah. watch TV. The, the tech's not just a piece of paper, but your use for it. I'm using it, yeah, it as a piece as of paper. paper. Yeah. <laughs> and that is you know, not ideal. Um, but I find that the, the way that works best for me is like, or for, as a company, let me back up. If we want to back up as a company, the way that we've decided, and this is done truly through the school of hard knocks because uh, we have done it all and we have failed and dropped tasks a lot of times. What we have found was at, when we started using Slack years ago when we really embraced remote work, um, Slack was what we did everything in. We, 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 you know, hey, you need to do this. And that was, that was a task, right? We typed it up and threw it over the wall and that was a task. And when there's over time, we people, yeah, that seems like it'd be fine because it's just quick communication. It's still a bad idea. We have... <laughs> well, I mean, I'm looking at our Slack now, and we're not a huge company, but within our channels, we have to have, what, like almost 15 different channels, at least nine different people having conversations, and then also splintering off into threads from those conversations. Like, For there's sure. no way you can keep that organized in Slack. Well, and you see 15 channels. I see about 45. Yeah, I'm only, so, I have a limited view of just what I need to see, mm -hmm. and that's still kind of overwhelming yeah. at times. I will say as my best tip, if you are a business owner or a leader of any sort and you guys have embraced Slack, the best thing you can do is start muting channels. If you are not muting channels, and I tell this every time I stand up a new channel because I'm the admin on our Slack account, so I have all the channels unless it's private that someone else has made, but anything I have made is here, so I have all of them. 
I tell them immediately, here's your channel. I'm muting myself. Ping me if you need me. I'm out. Because, and, and Gary and I had this conversation actually just totally off the podcast. We had this conversation because he was getting overwhelmed by Slack. And I was like, dude, start muting. It'll change your life. And he yeah, did. It, and it absolutely so. changes it. Because you don't, there's something human. If I see a little red Duma flitchy that says, you're here. I have to look at it. It's, it's compulsory. Well, I have to see it. That is as is intended by design. It was designed specifically to do that. They'll let you know like, Hey, look, but here, if you look don't here, turn here, it off, here. cause it's not important. Like it even drives me nuts. Cause I'm in the channel. If someone says at here, I get pain oh, at here and at channel. Those be careful how backfire. you use those. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it's, I mean, I'm not trying to give slack tips, but generally speaking, that is a way to stay organized. But what the biggest change we did as a company, and I think it really helped, was we decided that Slack was for conversations and discussion, and ClickUp was for decisions. So me and Gary will be chatting, 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 and we decide this is the right way to do it. We then stop the conversation, create a task in ClickUp, and we move on. Because ClickUp's not going to get buried behind 5,000 things like we were just talking about. And that is a that made a huge difference. Now we have tasks that, and then inside of ClickUp, which is why we use it. But there's a, this isn't an ad for ClickUp. You can do it in any of them, but you can then converse inside ClickUp about yeah, that task, and that's really handy. Discuss and upload images and links and videos and all that stuff too. But and that's really handy. And again, ClickUp is not magical. Jira does this. Asana does this. It's fine. I mean, whichever one you want to use. But that's the when you make a decision, put it in your management tool. So that you don't have to now keep it in your brain because it's going to get lost in Slack guaranteed or, or, or yeah. teams or whatever you're using. Um, I think that would I'm be the number one thing trying to do at this point. Mm -hmm. Like, uh, I'm taking your advice, muting channels. Um, click up is where the big overall parking project picture lives, but then the small mm -hmm. things within that, it, I mean, I could put tasks in each project. But sometimes it takes too long just for me to write a task for my own self to remember up and click up sure. and then check it again when I could just write it down on my little list. So I'm trying to develop that hierarchy in a sense that is going to allow me to block everything out and like say, okay, for design tasks, um, the more interruptions that are made, the the slower it's obviously going to be because you, yep. the flow you of what you're thinking up. about. Yeah, your brain is doing all the math, doing all the user interactions and flows as you're designing. And it sounds mm -hmm. stupid because everybody thinks design is just drawing boxes, Pretty between pictures. colors and mm -hmm. fonts. But I mean, the amount of stuff that you're actually thinking about. And then when you get into a rhythm doing that, like say if there's a, something as simple as a sign up screen, yeah, I've done a bunch of them, you know, exactly what's supposed to be there. But once you start that process, if you were to be taken away from that process, every second or third little thing that you put down, that process that would have taken 10 to 15 minutes now takes an hour and a half just because True. every time you're being pulled away, then there's another pull away from that pull away. Cause when you're asked a question, then you got to respond to the question and then there's usually a response to your response. And then you got to check Slack to see if that response actually went over. You know what I mean? So I'm the just trying to figure out a way up. where I can block out chunks of time that I'm focused. And so far it's been getting better, but I'm thinking as I'm learning this, I can't be the only one. And uh, sure. Oh, for sure. And there's, there's two big things that I would say one, and, and some people need this. Some people don't. It sounds like you need this put on your calendar blocks of time that are for a specific project. That's only you. You're not meeting with anybody, but you're blocking that time off. 
This so is a big you can't I don't be interrupted I, by invites. You're not being interrupted into and, that time. and you're being yeah. productive. Right? You're being productive. You're doing what you're supposed to be doing. So if someone comes in and tries to invade your space, you can pretend like you're in a meeting. Like that's that's the the mindset is that you're in a meeting. You're in a meeting with yourself, sure, but you're in a meeting and that means your priority is to do X. And so you're doing X, like if you were talking to a client and someone slacked you, you're going to ignore them. And you're not going to feel any guilt about it because you are with that client. When you block it out and you, and you set yourself in the mindset, you can now ignore everything like you're in a meeting. And get your stuff done, an hour or two, and then you go and check your email or whatever. That would be another big thing. I do that sometimes when it gets really bad and I have a definite deadline I have to do. I did it last Friday. Yeah. Um, but that's a really good one. The other big thing, this was a life changing for me. Um, turn off all of your email notifications, every single one of them. Email will eat your day faster than anything on the planet. And the best thing you can do for your time management is to take control of your own email. Meaning you check it when you decide to check it. You don't check it when someone else tells you to check it. Then that's what a notification is doing. Notification is telling you and is taking away your time from you. Does that make sense? You yeah. don't get to choose when you check your email. It's telling you now, oh, you have to check your email. And here's the story behind that. So we have a client that has, uh, well, we've had many clients, but clients that are overseas, right? And when it, it's not even that, but that was a big part of it was I would get dinged early in the morning. That was one reason I, I turned off notifications. But the other one, <laughs> this is a sad story. Early on, we had some cranky clients. We were getting our feet underneath us. Things went sideways. It happens. I would get emails from them, and it was giving me an anxiety. I'm not an anxious person, but I was getting, I was dreading. I ding right the ding of my phone would and immediately make my heart go up. Is what went wrong? Who's yeah. mad? <laughs> I would assume that this? someone was mad at me. And <laughs> yeah. so I would, you know, with dread, pick up my phone and check my email or my computer, whichever one I was sitting at. And that, that really, it was a very uncomfortable. So I finally decided, no, none of that. And now very few emails have to be responded to right this second. Um, I do leave Slack notifications on because the only people in Slack are my people and they need to be, I need to have, they never have access to me. So, I leave that on, but turn off your email notifications. It will change your life um, as a business owner or leader. I mean, you don't have to be the owner, but anyone who leads people or is client interfacing, holy cow. But I will tell you, you will feel like you are letting your clients down by doing that. But I promise you, you're not. Yeah, I've also read things, um, just other ways designers and creatives get organized. Um, one of the methods, and this was from... Matthew Encina, who was a designer that used to work at uh, the future. That John Cena? Blind. No, no. He's uh, Not John much Cena. smaller and uh, <laughs> way cooler. No. <laughs> but um, he had this thing. I don't remember the name of the method, uh, but the, the takeaways that I got from him were apparently there's during your normal time of the day between when you start work and when you end work, there's usually a 90 minute span of time that you can actually achieve like the highest level of output. And if you have 90 minutes of uninterrupted time per day, you'll probably be able to get three to four hours worth of work done within that 90 minutes, as long as it's uninterrupted and it's in that right part of the day. 
and everybody's part of the day might be a little different. It might be mornings, like, you know, get your coffee, turn everything else off, write down your task and start. Or it could be some people in the afternoon after lunch when they feel more energized. So you got to kind of have to figure that out for yourself. Um, I have two of those. Yeah, get, another method I'm was jazzed to take, up about 10 a.m. and I'm jazzed up about 2 p.m. Yeah, 45 minute chunks throughout the day to figure out when that is for you. Um, typically, the idea of this whole thing is when you start dedicating yourself to that 90 minutes, it's you're going to get a lot done and it's going to go by and it's going to go by fast. And next thing you know, that 90 minutes turns into three hours, three and a half hours, four hours, and then the more output you have per day just from that practice of turning everything off, focusing in and going for a stretch of time uninterrupted. But you do need to take a break like before and after that to kind of free your mind back into the creative thought process. One of the things on that same note, one of the things that uh, we run into with clients and, and people who just don't know development, um, everyone's like, hey, you know, you're supposed to be working eight hour days. I expect you to be coding eight hours. And what you learn by working with developers is that is not possible. No. Unless you just want to burn them to the ground. Yeah. I mean, unless you're on an assembly line in a factory, most people cannot actively just work in in a situation like that where it's, you know, 100% brain to brawn trying to solve problems and knock things out for that stretch of time effectively. If you have a cerebral job, and that could be anything, but any, you know, creative mind specific job, you probably will get four hours max out of that person out of productive time. And of course, crunch time, there are exceptions to that rule, but generally speaking, day in, day out, if you get four good solid hours of development out of your team, you're doing okay. And that's just, but, but it's important to know it's like, well, then you should only be billing me four hours a day, right? That's the next follow up for that. The problem is, is it takes eight hours to get that four hours. Does that make sense? That's that's the kicker. Yeah, it's You've exactly, got to be able to let your mind react. Oh, re- relax, not react. Relax. You've got to let them let it breathe, get creative, because most of the stuff's a creative process of some form. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the same thing with um, experience. Like back when I was freelancing, um, you know, there were certain projects that, might only take me about an hour and a half to complete, but it might take some other designer, you know, six, seven hours to complete. And it's only based on the experience because I already know exactly what I need to do. Like if it were a print project and I had been a print designer for 10 years previous to this project, I'm going to bang it out pretty quick. You know what I mean? But does that mean I charge them for the amount of time it actually took me or do I charge them for the, you know, you got to bundle the experience in there as well. So mm-hmm. when you were saying that you might get four hours of dedicated work out of an eight-hour day from a developer, at the same time, if that's a really good developer and an experienced developer, you're going to get four hours of quality work that might have taken a junior developer, a junior developer, or someone with less experience three days to complete. You know, so sure. it it's always a give and take, joke. and it's more of a just how people are able to clear away the stuff, the tertiary things that are around them, the the fog or the noise get some time to organize and focus and try to get some effective quality work out of them for a stretch of time. Reminds me of that old joke. It was a guy hires a plumber and I got, I got a leak. I've looked everywhere. I don't know what's going on. Something's wrong with my pipes. 
and the plumber comes in and walks down into the, you know, under the house or whatever, and it starts dinging here and walks around, dinging there. Dings a third time, it sounds a little different, does a couple of twists, boom, problem's fixed. $200, please. <laughs> what do you mean $200? It was 15 minutes. He said it took me 20 years to learn how to do that. That's exactly. what you're paying for. I just love that story, but I don't know if it's real, but it's a great story. Um, I, I don't know. I don't know if that's helpful. I think thinking about keeping yourself organized, keeping your company organized, uh, little tricks. I think it's worth investing in finding what your tricks are because everyone's different. I mean, yeah. mine was to get a little notebook here that I love here and my little fancy pen, you know, I'm getting all my fancy stuff here. That was motivating and fun for me. How we managed Slack, just learn, oh, look at you. Field notes. You got the little bitty one. Nice. Yeah. Um, super easy to carry around. I think it's worth investing. It could be it could be pen and paper. It could be an app. It could be whatever. But take the time. If you're running a business and it's getting any level of success, you're going to start dropping stuff. And if you're not dropping stuff, then either you're superhuman, that's cool, or you're you dropping stuff and you don't know it. And that's that's what you don't want is to wake up in, in a week and a half and realize you missed a deadline because you forgot something really important. Um, it doesn't happen very often, but it can, and it's worth doing. So anyway, there you go. Yeah, and practice, 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 practice. You have to form the habits. All right, everybody, thank you so much for joining us. It has been fun, as always, to talk to you, Gary. Um, where can they reach us if they have any questions? If you have any questions or comments, ideas for topics for us to talk about, you can always email us at hello at thebigpixel.net. You could also go to our YouTube page and under any of the videos, just leave a comment there. You could check us out. Or if you want yodeling lessons, where do they sign up for those? We don't talk about that. Oh, sorry. sorry, sorry. Yeah. All right. Well, then I will, under I will go under my rock. Agreement. That was in the contract, <laughs> man. That was in the contract. All right, everybody. All right, Thank guys. you so much. We will talk to you next time. See ya.